week of pack this is we talk games arcade weekly a arcade review show brought to you every monday free of charge from people like us keith and kyle your pals over at we talk i am kyle von kubik keith the robo duke we are talking pac-man inspired games this is the final week of pack month and i think we're ending on a high note could it be any higher of a note after <laughs> some of the games we play this month it's a very low bar yeah after the wonderful deportation classic marvin's maze <laughs> well this week we're talking pirate ship higamaru a pirate ship a higamaru 1984 put out by capcom this is another title you can pick up for under five bucks on the playstation store it's a part of that M2 collection, and you know M2, they, they do great archival type of collections of old arcade games or old Sega games on the 3DS. They had the 3D Space Harrier on 3DS, yeah, yeah. and uh, a lot of those older games, they convert into that that look super good. They, they did Kirby, too, right? Did they do all the Nintendo ones, or no? I don't Sorry. know if M2 was involved with that, but M2 does a really good job at presenting these old games with a really nice interface, and they do a good job with their emulation, and they put a lot of care behind it. So if you're not a mamer or you're not PC savvy with doing that type of emulation stuff and you do have a PlayStation 3 or 4, I would recommend picking up this game because I had a lot of fun. There's a lot going on in this game that's good. It's a maze chase game that has, you know, some shades of Pac-Man, obviously, because it is a part of Pac-Month, but it plays a lot like, at least for me, plays a lot like Bomberman and Pengo. Yep, that's why I didn't want to stop you there because... It has so much from Pengo, and especially Bomberman was the one I got the biggest feel from, which I thought when I originally started playing this, I didn't look at the year it came out, which was 1984. Right. And Bomberman actually came out in 1983, the year yes. before, surprisingly. Right. Before we get too deep into the making mechanics, let's throw over to T.T. Schmookins and check in for this week's Snap Stats. Hello, I am Titish Kmutkins, and this is Titish Snap Stats. <laughs> Pirate Ship Higamaru was released in 1984 by Capcom. It was the third game produced by Capcom, following Volgas and Sensen. Take a look at those buns, hun. You Dig it, all three arcade releases used a Z80 based architecture, as did 1942 which was not released 1942, and X-Texas, which shouldn't have been released at all, maybe. The game allowed for one player or two player alternating with a maximum number of two players. Playboy, Outer Space, Gangster Vampire. Pirate Shit, that guy's name, is a game where a sailor must attempt to grab barrels and push them to knock out the pirates, but only in Japan. Join Higamaru and the Pirate Boys for sodomy on the high seas. 
This TT Snap Stats has been brought to you by Flonagens Foaming Lim Oil. You can't say foaming lim oil without thinking Flonagens Lim Oil. Now, more of the We Talk Games. Video Power Magazine Pack Month. Waka, 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 waka. All right, so we're both itching to get into the making mechanics, and you can start. Always when it's Pack Month, Pac Man is number one. Sure. Holy crap, if this isn't a Pirates Bomber Man. But, yeah, but not. Yeah, because you don't get the same kind of cross explosion to, to kill your enemies and. Oh, well, we didn't even actually mention that at all, that the whole point of the game is to take out as many Higemarus mm. as you oh. can. So what does Higemaru mean? Uh, Higemaru means round-eared. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Yes, which the, the, which the pirates do have a nice little round beard, all sporting their little tight bandanas there. And your character's name is Momotaro, mm-hmm. who... I think could be, you know, like a distant cousin to Popeye, maybe, you know? Yeah, maybe. He's got he's got the, the classic stretch. sailor look. Go- okay, maybe more distant cousin to Donald Duck, because he's wearing his clothes. True. True. <laughs> he's got that <laughs> nice traditional sailor look going on there, and has to, uh, you know, take out uh, all these pirates, which is the whole point of the game, and is the whole point in Bomberman, too, is to clear the stage of enemies, or in the case of any kind of later Bomberman versus games, take out all your uh, opponents from the screen. Right, we're talking top-down, you're looking at the deck of a ship. It does have a maze that is comprised of barrels that you can pick up and roll towards your enemies. And as you use the barrels, it obviously becomes less of a maze and more of an open area that can become something difficult to mitigate, because now the enemies can get to you easily. When you do uncover barrels, there are sometimes prizes uh, underneath. There's fish and squids and things like that that you can collect for points, because obviously we're talking a classic arcade game here, and it is all about points, and you can do different types of combos by knocking out a bunch of enemies with one barrel, and you'll get more points. Their enemies also hide in the barrels, so you can shake them out of there. They'll be dazed for a second, and then you can hit them with a different barrel. Like I touched on, reminds me a lot of Pengo, 1982 by Sega, which was, again, top-down, but instead of barrels, you're using blocks of ice to trap and kill enemies. It also reminded me of Dig Dug, not so much of the digging aspect, but that top-down view, or that cutaway view, is similar. Mr. Do, the iteration of that Dig Dug mechanic, I I did get vibes of that, particularly with Mr. Do, you use his bouncy ball, and and if you shoot it down a lane, you can knock out a bunch of enemies at once and score a lot of points. In this game, Pirate Ship Hikamaru, you roll a barrel down a lane. If you're lucky enough to get three or or four pirates in a row, you get big points. And then, of course, prospectively, this game is most similar for me and Keith to 1983's Bomberman put out by Hudson. Yes, and... That's where the really cool part, I think, of this game comes in. You did mention is the fact that the maze is comprised of all the barrels, the ones with the oh, I, can the pirates can jump in any of the barrels though, right? I always thought it was yes. just yeah, but there are the special flashing ones that have the power ups in them, the fish, and also power ups that make it so. This is one of the first times I think a skull in a game gives you a good power up, actually. No, no, ladybug, make sure you pick up all the skulls. <laughs> it's terrible advice I know and in most games in death. It, it would be bad advice Yes, but in this 
you pick up the skull, and there's a weird little effect on the outside of the screen where there's two anchors going around the border where there are chains yeah. on the outside. And when you pick up the skull, it turns the anchors into skulls. And you have the time from the skulls going to the top to the bottom and then back around to the top where all the enemies are dazed and you are powered up. And you can just run through all of them, much like Pac-Man on a power pellet binge. Being right. Or a game we guys. talked about two weeks ago, Marvin's Maze, because you have to defeat a certain metric of bad guys. And Marvin did have the alternate option of picking up all the pellets as well. While in this, it is just about getting rid of as many of the round bearded pirates as you can, because there are also bows. Uh, I guess that's how it's said, B-O-U-S, which are the uh, super pirate uh, leader guys with the mustache and the eye patch who also wander around the stages and are worth points. But they don't count towards your total number of pirates defeated Correct. to yeah. advance to the next level. And affecting the maze in this game is awesome. I think that sure, is yeah. what makes it really fun by being able to pick up any barrel or other item where in some stages it's a giant coin. There are also these big pots. And the neat thing about those is when you throw a barrel, it rolls down and it smashes. Mm -hmm. It breaks and it's gone. So we're, we're talking destructible environment, which, again, for the 80s, it was happening, particularly the earliest that I could think of with this type of genre with Pengo. But it's still something that's interesting and unique. And the graphical presentation of the whole game is very Hudson-like. Yes. With the Bomberman character, it's very cutesy. It's very chibi-looking. They're squatty, short characters with big heads and big eyes. Uh, and they have very expressive animations. And the barrels, as you said, do shatter in a nice, satisfying way. Or when the fish is flopping on the... Like, when you uncover one of the prizes and it's a fish and it's flopping on the deck. Again, just a cool little animation. A lot of care put into what this game looked like. Strange for Capcom. Not what I'd expect from them. I'd probably expect a game like this from Taito or um, Hudson. But it it still has that Capcom seal of quality, if you will, where this is a Capcom game that even though it's not their main title or one of their main titles or the big titles, it's still that top tier arcade game that you'd expect from a company like them. And I would actually attribute that to a certain man when you speak of a Capcom feel. Okay. Uh, the man who was the director of pirate ship Higemaru. There's a man mm -hmm. named Tokuro Fujiwara. And let's just name some other games he directed down the line for Capcom. Ghosts and Goblins, oh. Commando, oh. Mega Man, wow. Bionic Commando for the Arcade, this Boys guy and did Ghosts, all of this. Oh Mega my Man 2. He was a producer on the Willow game. He was a producer wow. on Mega Man 3 and DuckTales oh. and Gargoyles Quest, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, Street Fighter Ch Ch 2010 The Final Fight. Like, this guy is a backbone of classic Capcom. And You're not kidding. I could keep going. I mean, executive producer, Little Nemo the Dream Master. Like, he is a huge proponent of the life of the NES, which this did have an NES port that made it a little more expansive. You're going from islands and fighting different bosses and stuff like that. So it, mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to delve into that because it was just a Famicom release which we didn't mention earlier on as well, Pirate Ship Higemaru, the arcade game, never came out in America. We didn't see it here until 2005, actually, when it came out on Capcom Classics Collection uh, Volume 1 for the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Yeah. It did All come right. out 
for the PlayStation and the Saturn on a Capcom Generations collection, but that was only in Europe, actually. It did not come out here, sadly. I wonder why, because it wasn't uncommon for American distributors to get the Japanese games, bring them over here, and change the title. So you could have changed the title to Swashbuckler... Uh, barrels of fun, whatever. Some stupid name. I think this barrels game. Barrels of fun. <laughs> I think this game would have done well uh, with a uh, a North American audience. Totally, this would have been a big arcade hit. I think because it has the classic arcade seal of. Once again, I'm going to misquote it every time. Uh, easy to pick up, hard to master. You know, whatever. Easy to learn, sure. hard to master. It is right. something that can take a lot of time because of how much you can affect the area and. Certain, you know, I mentioned the barrels break, but other items don't break, so you can use them to block enemies and stuff. It has the the mechanics in there so that each time you play the game, like if you have to play level one three or four times because you died or when you put more credits into the machine, you're going to have different experiences each time. And I think that's that's a type of mechanic that helps games hold up. And this game holds up because it has that, because the experiences that you have each time, while similar, can be different. You're not going through the same maze over and over and over again like Pac-Man. You're navigating that first screen differently each time if you choose to do it that way. Yeah, and because this is a score-based game, you can get through the level quickly by just going after all the round beards, all the Higemarus, and getting rid of them. Or you could try to pick up all the fish and all the power-ups try to get rid of the uh, you know mustachioed pirate captains too, and then take out the other guys for right. the most points if you really want to. So it has replayability because you can try to go about it a different way just based on how you take them out or trying to get the highest score, which I imagine there's probably some people who can, can do some really uh, crazy stuff in this game, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure if you're a, a point hound, you know, and you're you're one of these high scorers who want to be on a leaderboard somewhere, this game affords many opportunities for that yes, with and- the different combos. And, and I believe there is a, uh, uh, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I believe there's a countdown clock as well. It's one of these balance things where, like, you can go for more points, but it takes longer, so you get a smaller bonus for completing the screen. I could be wrong. We played a lot of Pac-Man-like games. <laughs> There's so been a lot of Pac-Man They're all sort of on. blending in my head. Yes, yes. Thankfully, this one doesn't blend with Marvin's Maze too much. I don't know if there's some sort of internal clock Maybe. in there. Either way, there's a lot of opportunities to get high scores and do it in different ways each yes, time. Yes, and you can, you can get a really, really high score because every fourth stage is a high point stage where all the enemies are those pirate captains, so they are worth way more points than you have. Hey, Keith. Huh? You want to get high? (laughs) I'm going to get all the high scores. Hey, Keith, what's a pirate's favorite sock? Um, Argyle! (laughs) I thought it was going to be something about crew, like pirate crew. Oh, like, like a J. Crew or something like that? Yeah. The crew yeah. socks. Hey, man, if you get a high score in this game, you can spell stinky. Oh, damn. Yeah. I did we get haven't the touched top on that score. in a while. I did get the top score in it. I think, oh, I was going to say I hit on it, but I think it, that's a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> Spelling stinky is always great. And you can definitely rack up a really super high score beyond the high point stages. There's only 16 stages in this. And after you reach the 16th, the game starts over again 
Not sure if there's a kill screen or not in this. Now, on my research, evidently, it can happen after that 16th stage. Really? It it doesn't always happen, but sometimes a kill screen will happen. Because the game is challenging. I don't want people to say, hey, you know what? I tried playing this game. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough, but it's one of those games like as you play it more, you get better at it. You get better at navigating it. But as the levels progress, the game does get very, very challenging. The the baddies are moving quick. There's more of them on the stage. And it changes color as you go along in the stage, which is neat. Because the barrels and the baddies have the same palette, while your guy remains the same. And so do, uh, I think, the bonus guys all look the the same. Those baddies are a pain in the butt because if they jump in a barrel, now you have to hit them twice. And if right. you hit them once and knock them out of the barrel, which when they're in the barrel, they kind of look like a Mega Man enemy. Yeah, that little uh, douche that hides underneath the helmet, right? Yeah, yeah. He looks, he has those same kind of eyes, which when right. I mentioned Tokuru Fujiwara, you know, worked on a ton of Mega Man. He wasn't the artist, but still, there's a little bit of that influence carrying over into, into Capcom, which, right. you know, interesting. This is This is such an early Capcom game. Maybe where a lot of all their, uh, you know, art direction and all that stuff started. It is one of the first places you see a little symbol that shows up in a bunch of games. Yashichi symbol? Oh, of course, the Yashichi. Well, it's it's a symbol that's in Volgus also. Hey, Keith, That's a power-up. You want to get high and smoke some Yashichi with me? (laughs) I got this Yashichi symbol, man. It's the dankest Haishishi symbol. It'll have you grasping at straws. <laughs> grasping at straws. I think I smoked some already. It'll have you <laughs> grasping at straws for facts to talk about this game. It was a great nugget of knowledge you dropped on us. Yeah, thanks. I don't think I saw any Yashichis in this game at all. What do you uh, think about the music? I like it. It's it's, it's early arcade game. It has uh, you know, the same sort of uh, commando sound to it i think as well it sounds like a lot of early capcom arcade games or uh, section z i ended up turning the television on mute because i found it a little irritating but it also is like i'm playing a old 80s arcade game on a giant television and hearing that sound boom in my living room was like uh, i i don't need this right that now. that does sound like a bit much i'm i'm you right. know on a you know laptop speaker with that it lives to me when i fucking humble brag my giant television okay pal take i it bought easy. this on my playstation 4 mm. <laughs> i don't have a playstation 4 <laughs> I, I, that's because you have a 3. baby that's true i have a playstation 3 so i can watch hulu yeah, because so, I don't think this is on PS4. But I do have Capcom Classics Collection Volume 1. I did not dig it up to play this game, though. I'm sure you can pick that up on the cheap, too. Those, those are excellent collections. We've recommended them so Numerous. many times. That's a really cool place to play them because it, it includes a lot of bonus material, artwork. You can unlock cheats to use in the games if they're getting a little difficult, which is always fun. Though yeah. this is not a game you need to cheat in. This is a game you got to... Get better at you got to get good as the kids nowadays like to say you know they act like this is some kind of new thing in games like yeah dark souls man you got to get good to get through it oh please like motherfucker come on yeah show me how hardcore you are playing gyrus yeah go play some juno first let's see you finish that yeah i'd like like to see you get past the first round in snapjack without dying okay then you want to talk fucking hardcore games let's talk real hard you want to complete marvin's maze how about that i will make a trophy for somebody who beats that game see but then you get and see it and it is an argument people like to make and you know i do you know wiggly obviously 
in some episodes has mentioned, you know, the Google Gaga baby, which is does exist. It totally is a thing nowadays where like I play games and I find that because I was raised on the whole point of me playing this is to be challenged a little bit. Right. If I'm playing a story based game, I don't expect to be challenged. You know, I expect to just kind of enjoy this, but it is sort of handed to you a lot of the time. Yeah. And in games and not from this era of games. No, and not from this era of games. But then you get into the arguments between, well, they just wanted your quarters and stuff like that. <laughs> and all that the controls were as good. That, yeah. That is a true, valid argument. The thing is, there were different companies then who approached it in different ways. So, like, somebody like Capcom would put out a quality product that may have been challenging and as it ramped up became cheap in its AI or, or its game design. But more times than not, they would go for the method of make the game good so they come back. You could burn somebody, and you saw this a lot with late 70s, early 80s arcade games, where there was a lot of people out there, a lot of North American developers who would put out garbage, and they just wanted to get your quarter that one time and hope that other people would come through and spend more quarters. Whereas like Capcom, Konami, and I put a lower tier developers like Universal on there, they built games that were solid, so that way you wanted to put more quarters in after you died. And you wanted you know, to get good at them, so you only had to put in one quarter to get all the enjoyment out of it that you wanted. Right. European trash like Wall Street, <laughs> um, they benefited from a market that there was no idea what the hell was going on in arcades, and anybody could put a box with a screen together and uh, try to take people's quarters. It's not black and white, is what I'm saying. It's this gradient. So, yes, it's very much a business. It's very much about taking little kids' quarters. But that's why this show exists, to elevate the games that did that in such a way that the game itself is enjoyable at that console level. And then also cast a shadow on the developers and the games that clearly were just trying to take your money. Yes. Fucking Marvin's me. <laughs> and just trying to keep out all the good people from enjoying a game, just taking their money, booting them out. <laughs> SNK is a good example. They were cutting their teeth and figuring out who they were. They clearly had an art direction and an art style about their games, albeit it was ugly at that point, but they were trying. Yeah, uh, but then they became, uh, in the 90s, the go-to as far as gameplay, art direction, mechanics and fighting games and things like this. So, yeah, it is a gradient. You can't just say, well, all arcade games just try to steal your quarters. It's not true. Yeah, and we can have both. We can have our Goo Goo Gaga, give me my noni, you know, play through. And we can have our get the fucking shit kicked out of me and, you know, come back for more, which I can say I recently had with Resident Evil 7. So there's definitely there's definitely still some good challenges out there, though. I think part of that is also psychological, too. Right. So Pirate Ship Higemaru is a game that I think people who enjoyed Dig Dug, enjoyed Pengo, enjoyed Bomberman will find interesting and worth playing. And it's going to give them enough challenge to keep them coming back. Do you have any other types of gamers or, or games that if people like X, they will enjoy Pirate Ship Higemaru? Well, of course, Bomberman. I think yeah. anyone who kind of uh, wants to know their roots... Sure. Uh, should definitely give this a try because this was a big year for Capcom when this game came out, even though it didn't come out in America. They did release Volgus, Sonson in 1942, also in that year. So what you were saying about 
SNK trying to do this and not achieving it. You know, Capcom knew who they were early. It took SNK a little bit longer. Right. So I think if you want to see where Capcom started, then you should definitely give this game a try. And yeah. if you do enjoy a high scoring games, that's definitely for you. But if you're listening to this show, I would assume those kind of games are for you already. <laughs> sure. If you're yeah. listening to this. So uh, our listeners, yeah, you guys should definitely play this one. It's super fun. It's cute. Got that great old arcade sound. I don't think there's much really to dislike about this game. It controls really well. I like that in some of the later stages, there's less of a maze, and you can get to the point where if you pick up enough barrels, there's just tons of open space, which is weird because you're still moving in a grid format, which fucks with my modern gamer brain where (laughs) if there's no walls there why can't i just move wherever i want you know so right uh, snap to the grid yeah but you're snapped to the grid but yeah i recommend this to everyone especially bomberman fans that's the number one pick for me and i sure i would love to see this someone take this game and give it a modern coat of paint make it multiplayer Mm, i could i could see this being like a big hit on like an xbox live arcade if that's a thing anymore i don't know or on like the playstation 4 where we're looking at a year where there's a Windjammers re-release coming out on the PlayStation true, 4. True. Yeah. So I think Capcom, already being a stellar year for them with Resident Evil 7, bring back Pirate Ship Higamaru, guys. Eight-player, like Battle Royale style. Yeah, like make it a huge map, tons of things to pick up, different power-up items, everything smashes, so you can even build up walls, you know, try to fortify yourself, you know, play the yeah. long game maybe in a versus but- mode. We're getting away from Arcade Weekly, and we're, we're dipping into We Dream Games. <laughs> we go along with these great games of our imagination. Yeah, like that really great version of Marvin's Maze where the controls don't suck, <laughs> and it's actually kind of fun with all its neat ideas. Sure. Yeah. Or Pirate Ship Higamaru being an eight-player smash fest. That sounds great. And then they can put in all the Capcom characters as your different characters you can pick from. Come on, this is one of their first games, guys. You can do that. And then just make it Capcom ship Higama. I don't know. I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, let's uh, wrap up with a one sentence review. Mm. Are you ready this week? <laughs> you think I prepare for this? <laughs> All right, then I guess I'll go first. You're, you're just the master of this, and I'm terrible. Pirate ship Higamaru. Are you ready to like being put over a barrel? All right, I got one. It's vaguely se- that wasn't even vaguely sexual. That was straight up sexual. <laughs> Here's my one sentence review. It's a barrel of fun. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith. What shivers at the bottom of the sea? My ass, cause it's cold. Uh, okay, or a nervous wreck. Oh, Jesus. I have a whole bunch of bad pirate jokes written down. I don't think I'm going to subject our listeners to any more. I mean, the only one I ever remember is the dumb one from uh, when I was a kid, and that's the whole, you know, uh, what kind of movies do pirates see? Rated R. (laughs) Uh, What's a a pirate's favorite movie? Blue Velvet R. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. I wanted to tell a non-joke, and you fucking went... And you went fucking absurd on me. God damn you. Yeah, I was just going to say Pirates of the Caribbean, duh. 
Oh, oh. yeah. No, too. Pirates of Penzance, that musical. Ice Pirates are. <laughs> oh, God, no. Let me remind everybody to please, if you enjoy the show, go out and review it on whatever service you download it from. Stitcher, iTunes, I believe we're on SoundCloud. I know we're on whatever is the proprietary podcast thing for Alexa. I hope I didn't just turn her on. Uh, you know, with the uh, Amazon Echo. You can just say to your uh, Amazon Echo, play We Talk Games podcast. We're on that service, too. Please give us stars, hearts, likes, pluses, whatever the little metric is. It really does help propagate the show. And, hey, if you enjoy the show, if you're like, man, this show makes me smile, makes me laugh each week, tell a friend, tweet about it, go on Facebook, write about it, let people know you're listening. Again, huge help to the show. Get out there and share it. And hopefully you're having fun, and it isn't just a stark reminder sometimes of the horrible outside world. <laughs> we are on Twitter, at We Talk Games and Facebook. Follow and be a part of that community as well. This has been a great pack month. Maybe the games weren't so great, but we had a lot of fun reviewing them. We and ended they were strong. Definitely, we definitely ended strong, and they were great ideas that were inspired off the source, right? So these were games that took Pac-Man and built upon that foundation. And sometimes, you know, the building of which they built caved in on itself, but they still tried. Each year when we do Pac-Month, I get concerned because I'm like, can we keep talking about Maze Chase games and games that are inspired of Pac-Man? And the answer is yes. Some of them are turds and there's a lot that are gems, but they're all interesting in their own way. And I'm thinking about games like this. I'm thinking about Marvin's Maze. I'm thinking about Snapchat, the Dream Shopper, the games we talked about this month. Really, I enjoyed at least examining them. At the and very if, least, in some cases, I really enjoy playing them, like Pirate Ship Higamaro. And if you like them, you should check out those older episodes at wetalkgames.com slash in the can. Right. And while we're plugging away, let me just remind everybody that this August, August 11th and 12th, the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. We Talk Games will be there for both days and we'll be hosting a live episode. So we'll be, we will be recording a live episode at the convention. There's more information online. You can search Long Island Gaming Expo. Be there for the awkwardness of me and Kyle meeting in person for the first time. Yeah, a universe might die. <laughs> yeah, the universe might implode on itself because I think Kyle's just a mirror universe version of me. <laughs> and if we touch, it's going to be like time cop and like it's the, supernova. The, yeah, yeah, everything's just going to implode. And but uh, before that happens, yes, come see us there. We're going to record a live episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll have more information too as well, we move forward. But let's get it out there now, so you guys can start making preparations to attend this awesome event. And not just for our show. There's going to be a lot of great things happening at this convention. Whether it's the swap meet, or you can pick up old retro games. There's going to be arcade cabinets there you can play. There's going to be tournaments that you can win prizes and other panels. So check it out: Long Island Retro Gaming Expo at the Cradle of Aviation in Garden City, New York. For Keith the RoboDuke, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And, uh, hey, moving forward into uh, another uh, exciting week of We Talk Games Arcade Weekly. We hope you tune in. Yeah. Marvin's got his maze, 
Sepson Jackson got it too. Roy Schultz. Round Red Dream Shopping. Pirate Round Beer. Yeah. Is it cool or is it racist? Oh wait, that didn't happen yet. Oh wait, maybe it did. Yeah. Snapjack Fever. Snapjack Jackson. Hustles in the Holy. Cha-cha-cha-cha Happy birthday, cha-cha-cha Everybody sing now Living, loving, just a woman Hey, hey Look out, Rogue One, Rogue Two Everybody Rogue, boo, yeah Why didn't they have Luke Skywalker in Rogue One? I thought that was gonna happen Then it's something else leading to the thing Month. Don't forget to uh, stick around because uh, you get your Pac-Man fever right at stinky.sexy and also on our Twitter. Get your free stinky stumper chomp case and it's not so good bad. You're going to like it and everybody loves it and everybody's good. Uh, hope to see you here in two more years for Pac-Month and don't forget to play Stinky's Chopper Chase. Because uh, you won't believe all the things. And if you know it, good. If you don't, you could just eat the pretzels. How come you got a soft pretzel 
from Philadelphia. And it comes in a, in a newspaper, see? And somehow, it's, it's both cold, wet, and stale. How do you get, how do you make it wet and stale? Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go play Pack Stink Fever. Uh, Stinky Chopper Chase. You do it too. Don't be a dum-dum. Kyle took a lot of time doing this. So, so fuck. Okay, bye-bye.